good to be here with you this morning and to be able to share with you the Word of God. Before we get going, let's just take a moment and ask God's blessing upon our time together. Father God, you are here. You are here and your spirit is here. And Father, we are also here, maybe in, in, in physically here. But Father, I know there's so many things going on in each of our lives. But right now, Father, in just the, the next moments or so of just being in your presence, I pray that you will just help us to focus this morning. Listen to you, and certainly not to my words, but to your words, Father. And so right now we ask that you will just come our hearts, open our minds, and soften certainly our hearts, Lord, to what you have to share with us this morning. Thank you for this privilege and an opportunity to be in your presence. In Jesus' name I pray, and everyone says, amen. 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 It is Palm Sunday. How many of you know? remember that? Time is going by so fast that next week is already Easter, isn't it? It's going by so fast, but God is good. Palm Sunday. What was it like then, more than 2,000 years ago? You see, there were huge crowds ahead of him, leading the way into the city ahead. But behind him, following a great celebration, and all the way to Jerusalem, the road was lined with people, pressing as close as they could. And probably some of them, some of the parents were lifting their children up to their shoulders and trying to get a good look at Jesus. The one who would change everything for them. And then they threw their cloaks into the road and, and they waved branches, palm branches, or whatever branches that they could find. And they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And church, Zechariah 9.9, as it says on the screen, was being fulfilled before their own eyes. And, I, and they went wild and shouted praises to God. Deliverance was at hand. Redemption was near. But church, it wasn't long until the cheering turned into mocking. It wasn't long before the laughter turned to scorn and the joy turned to bitterness. And it wasn't long before Jesus, who has been welcomed as a king was put on trial as a criminal. And it wasn't long until the crowds called out from Hosanna to crucify, crucify, crucify him. And the journey that began with such a promise, a journey with such a triumph, such hope, would end with Jesus hanging on the cross. You see, church, the journey to the cross began with that triumphal entry into Jerusalem and ended with him on the cross of Golgotha, where we as a church for the past five weeks, we have been focusing on, on the words of Jesus uttered as on the cross. And he says, how many of you remember those words that's been spoken? We are now on the, our sixth word. The first word says, Father... Forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And secondly, he says to the man on his right, 
Truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. And thirdly, he says it personally to his mother. And what does he, he say to woman, this is your son. And church this morning, just I want you to know that the last three words spoken by Christ were most likely uttered during the last minute, the last minute of his life. And we find into the, the fourth word, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A cry that leads us to last week's word that it says, I am thirsty. And now this morning, the sixth word that it was uttered, it was uttered with exaltation. That it says, it is finished. John 19, 28, 29 was, was shared to us last week. We looked at and we saw Jesus in, in his physical and spiritual agony as he said on that cross, I am thirsty. And when Christ took, uh, took our sins upon himself, what did he do? He faced the, that separation from his father and that separation, that spiritual thirst so that we could have our thirst filled through the living water of God. And if you were here last week, Lyman, Lyman, did such a great job challenging us. Church, challenging us about our thirst, our longing for Christ in our lives. And so this morning, we're gonna continue on after that two verses from last week, John 19, 30, where it says, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. Church, don't miss the link between cry five and Christ six. You see, Jesus was parched with thirst. And the wine vinegar was put on his lips, which fulfilled the scripture. Loosen his tongue so that it didn't have to stick to the roof of his mouth. And cleared his throat so that he can utter the word, it is finished. So this morning, let me ask you this. Is there any unfinished business in your life? The evidence is all around us, church. Did you know, I want to see if you know this, this fact, that did you know that this picture right here, the granite depiction of the four American presidents on Mount Rushmore, how many of you have been there? I've been there. It is beautiful. Did you know that this is an uncompleted project? Uncomplete. Yes, that's right, incomplete. The world's greatest mountain carving is not finished and probably never will be. You see, the sculpture of this mountain originally planned it for the figures to depict uh, the presidents about to their waist. But church, it will never happen. Do you ever feel like your life is full of half-completed projects? Even though I, I value being able to complete what I start, my life is often filled with unfinished business. And I remember um, doing a project, and I don't, this is why the reason I remember it so clearly, because when I was in high school, there was this little piece of, of uh, material that I did, I started cross-stitching. To be honest with you, I have not finished that project. It's somewhere in, my, in, in one of my boxes that I packed away. Do you know why I remember it till today? Because I have not finished it. And see, high school was just a year ago for me. 
But see, sometimes my to-do list reads more like a never-do list of broken commitments. And my guess is that I'm not alone this morning. Am I alone this morning? Can I see some hands out there? Please make me like I'm not alone up here on the stage. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. We all know what it's like, don't we? How about those half-mowed lawn? Are there any half-mowed lawn out there that's kind of not looking too good, isn't it? The half-read book. A letter started out but never sent. An abandoned diet. Oh, don't go there, huh? The degree that maybe you've never finished. The phone calls that that you've never returned. The to-do list that never gets done. All of us have unfinished things that clutters up our lives, doesn't it? But it can be more more serious than that, church. It can be for some, a job that you just lived, you quit with a fit of anger. How about a, a, a wrecked marriage? How about a bills that have not been paid or promises never kept? All of us go through life leaving behind a trail of unfinished projects and unfulfilled dreams. How few there are who can come to an end of their life and say, I finished exactly what I set out to do. Well, only one person in history that never left anything behind, any unfinished business, and that is Jesus Christ, church. He has not. You see, he is the only person who came to the end of his life and said with absolute and total truthfulness, and he says, I have finished everything I set out to do. It is finished. Church, let's think about the significance of these three words and the deep, rich, amazing story of our salvation that is engraved in these three words. And what are those three words, church? Oh, there are more than a few. It sounds like it was only on this side. What is that word? That was on this side coming up. See, listen to this. Here's Jesus, the Sinless one, having been through a day full of torture and abandonment. And sometimes we say to ourselves, man, I had such a hard day. What a terrible day. But imagine what Jesus went through on just that one day. Torture, including flogging, that made much of his body an an open wound, even where he was before he was even nailed to the cross. Torture that included pressing A circle of crown, mockingly called a crown for him on his head. Thorns. Torture that included having heavy nails driven through his wrist and into his feet. Torture that included being raised up on a wooden crossbeam. And then the full weight of his body hanging from those nails as they tore his flesh. Torture included being publicly displayed as he suffered, mocked, scorned as he hung on that cross. That's not it, church. He was abandoned by some of his closest disciples and forsaken even, listen, momentarily by God the Father. And all of this witnessed by by his friends, by his followers, and his own mother. A horrible, a horrible scene. Something out of a horror movie. Worse than we can ever imagine. 
But church, the amazing thing is that this was all part of God's plan. It was planned, made necessary by human sin. It was planned, made possible because of his amazing love and his amazing grace from our great God. It was planned essential for our, for your eternal life. You see, Jesus knew God's plan. He knew it. And in John 19, 28, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, he fulfilled all the prophecies that were mentioned. You see, for by his death on the cross, justice was fully satisfied so that we can be declared righteous. Can I hear an amen? amen. You see, when Jesus said, it is finished, we need to realize what he's not saying here. He's not saying, I'm finished, I'm done, my life is gone. No, he's not saying, I tried and wasn't able to do it. No, that's not what he was saying. He was, he was, it was a shout of victory. It is finished, a shout of victory. You see that word, it is finished, one word describes it in Greek, and this is it. One word I want you to take this morning, a word in Greek that, you, that we all don't use. But this morning, we're going to use it, and here is that word, tetelestai. Tetelestai. Will you say it? Tetelestai. Say it again. It means it is finished. It is profoundly powerful. See, the Greeks love to say few words, and this is one of those words. It means from the verb teleo, which means to bring to an end, to complete, to accomplish. It is very crucial because it's significant. It has a signification of saying that a successful end of a particular course of action. So what does it mean? It means that it was finished, and as a result, it is forever done. Forever done. Nothing more is needed. You see, when you think about it, when the, this word was used with the people in the first century and in Jesus' time, they would say this word. And this is what Jesus said on the cross. He said, tetelestai. And so church, it was used for a farmer, would use it to describe when a farmer sees an animal so beautiful that it, it seemed to be no faults. And this farmer would say, tetelestai. you're getting it. Let's try it again. A carpenter would, would, would look at and see his finished project, perfect furniture, and would smile and say, tetelestai. an artist. Would, would, would paint something on a canvas and, and finish the touches and then step back and say and pronounce it with? A servant would come to his master after faithfully finishing a project or a report and would say, Tetelestai. And for those in the, bank, the banking business, when you have paid your debt, and there on that piece of paper that you've paid your debt and it's stamped on it that it says tetelestai, paid in full. It is finished, church. It is finished. The debt is fully forgiven, paid in full for you and for me. And there is nothing that we can do to pay it ever again. Let me tell you a story. It was about this past Christmas. A bunch of us were going out. We were doing Christmas, um, Christmas, 
preparation for our toys. And so we went, we were hungry, worked hard in the morning, and we went to a Korean restaurant in Aiea. And then we were just having a great lunch. And, and there were some of you who were there with me. And so we were doing it. And so I said, okay, it's time to go back to work. Sorry, guys. Let's go back to work. So I went to the counter and talked to the lady and said, I'm ready to pay for our bill. I got there, and the lady says, it's already been paid. I mean, this is true story, for real. It's already been paid. And I'm like, who? So there was a guy sitting over there looking, watching you guys. I'm like, which guy? And you kind of wonder who it is. Like, who is it? Do you know the person? No, I don't know the person. He just says he knows all of you. He goes to your church. And we're like, uh-oh. <laughs> but really, I, we were all shocked and wondering, why would he pay for the bill? And I said, no matter how much, I probably could have talked to the lady. and said, come on, let me just pay it. Church, I could not do anything. It was already paid for. I'm getting chicken skin just thinking about it. How, and his name is, and I found out the next week, and he said, how was your lunch? I said, that was you? Thank you very much. And he comes to church, and I know he's not here today, but that day, he just made our day. Paid in full. And when I thought about that, the same true with our personal salvation. Either you accept the fact that Jesus paid it all for you, or you try to pay it yourself. But the debt of our sin has been cleared. Somebody else paid it, and that somebody else is Jesus. You see, it doesn't matter what your sin is, and it doesn't matter how many sins you piled up in your life. You see, there are things in our life that we've done that has messed us up, and we're not so proud of. But you see, all of those has been stamped by God with his blood on the cross. Tetelestai, paid in full. Anger, a sin of anger. Tetelestai, paid in full. Pride, tetelestai, paid in full. How about some lust? Tetelestai, paid in full. Disobedience. Stealing, cheating, tetelestai, paid in full. And church, there are more of those sins in our lives. And I bet you have many that I know many of you don't want to share. But I asked you this morning, take all of those and write it and write on it. Stamp it with tetelestai, paid in full. Because you see, it has been paid by the blood of Jesus Christ and it's been paid in full. I can't say enough, but it has been paid in full. Look at this picture on the screen. You've seen this before, haven't you? Where we are on one side and God is on the other side. We have been separated because of sin. But church, on that cross, Jesus came to bridge the gap between God and us, between you and me. Because you see, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life or everlasting life. Amen. That's debt payment, church. That's debt payment. And it's forever. Tetelestai. It is finished. God did it all for you and for me because of his love. While we were yet sinners, what did God do? Christ died for us. He did do that because he loves us. And we don't, we, do we deserve his love? No, we don't. 
but he loves us. And that's what grace is about, church. He's amazing grace to each and every one of us. So my question this morning as we close our service to an end, what is our response to what Christ has done for us? Tetelestai, it is finished. Our response is this, church, is that we need to make sure we receive the free gift of grace, the atonement Jesus accomplished on that cross where he says it is finished. And also, church, we can share the good news about God's grace. If someone was willing to give you a second chance, wouldn't you want to know about it? If someone was willing to forgive you, wouldn't you want to hear about it? If someone loved you so much that they would die for you, wouldn't you want to be told of it? Of course we do, don't we? But how will others know if we don't tell them all about it? If we have experienced it. You see, church, God changed my life. He loved me. He saved me. He forgave me. And I am debt free. I am debt free. And I am thankful to God this morning for what his son has done for me. And he will do the same for you this morning. And I know you probably have grown and you have loved Jesus. And this morning, it is a reminder for each and every one of us of his amazing grace. This morning, you came in, and some of you, it was really interesting to see someone, uh, Becky and, and Dylan, was giving you this pen and paper, and you're like, what's this for? What's this for? And they're telling you, it's for the service this morning. Some of you said, I already have a pen. I said, no, you have to get a red pen. Okay, well, take it out right now, because this is what it's going to be. Certainly, we know that God loves us, and he has finished what God intended for his life to be on earth, and that is for each and every one of us. Take that pen and a piece of paper. What I'd like to, for you to do is write your full name on this piece of paper. I'd like you to use the red pen. Write your full name on that. And in it, you can write, it is finished, to tell us tie, right underneath it, over it, under it. But once you're done writing your name, I'd like you to look at that name on that piece of paper that's you isn't it this is me who knows that person better than yourself your spouse your children yeah they know you but they don't really know who you are but who else know you certainly God knows this person on this piece of paper and in that piece of paper what do you see it is colored red and it's just a symbol to see that God paid it in full with his blood this morning. A reminder that he loves you so much that he bled his blood for you. Whatever this person is going through right now, you're looking at it. Whatever is going on in your life, just know that God bought you with a price, with his blood. And so if you're done writing it and looking at it, I just want to put out a challenge for you this morning. As you're looking at that piece of paper, full name and all, because that's who you are, created by him, given that name, is to respond. What am I going to do for what God has done for me? Thank him for paying all the debt that you've accumulated. Thank him 
and he's done all the work for us is to just submit our lives and surrender surrender to him everything that is of us and allow him to use us so this morning I know there's many of you but take we've got a couple minutes or so time two crosses up here on this front covered veiled with the a cloth, red cloth symbolizing God's blood shed for each of us and a basket pray over this person on this card ask God to forgive you thank God for yourself I need you to just drop it on that uh, on the, in that basket and if you need to pray come to the place of prayer